1: the greatest radio shows of all time. Suspense.
2: The Shadow Node. Washington Calling David Harding.
3: Counter
1: Spy. Classic Radio Theater.
4: The Great Gildersleeve.
1: Fibber McGee and Molly.
4: Dragnet. Gunsmoke.
0: The Lone Ranger.
1: Now, step back into our time machine with your host, Wyatt Cox.
2: Good evening,
3: friends of the Inner Sanctum.
5: Oh Who knows what?
6: works in the hearts
5: of men. The Shadow Knows. Bill Johnstone starring in an episode of The Shadow uh, going back to uh, January 4th, 1942. This episode is entitled Death Pulls the Strings.
4: Of the Shadow are on the air, brought to you each week at this time by your neighborhood blue coal dealer. These dramatizations are designed to demonstrate forcibly to old and young alike that crime does not pay. The Shadow, mysterious character who aids the forces of law and order is in reality Lamont Cranston, wealthy young man about town. Several years ago in the Orient, Cranston learned a strange and mysterious secret, the secret of hypnotic power to cloud men's minds so that they cannot see him. Cranston's friend and companion, the lovely Margot Lane, is the only person who knows to whom the voice of the invisible shadow belongs. Today's drama, Death Pulls the Strings.
7: Don't ask who I am or where I came from. Just let us say... There is a man called Goro. A man? (laughs) Can you call a freak of nature... A twisted monstrosity... An evil, ugly thing a man? No. I am Goro, nature's bizarre caricature of a man. I am not pleasant to look upon... And I am strong enough to compel fear... The weakness of my withered limbs is compensated by the strength of my arms. Is it not strange that I, with my almost useless legs, should want to dance? Is it not amusing that I, who could have been the greatest ballet master in the world, should play with puppets, with articulated dolls which I dangle on the ends of strings? Is it not strange that I should hate all those who move gracefully, beautifully? No, my friends. It is not strange.
8: But, Diane... Tomorrow you are giving another dance concert, and this requires your immediate approval. All my plans for the charity, review depend on it.
1: Well, then I can guess it has something to do with your wonderful marionettes.
8: (laughs) Uh, So far, you are right. The rest is the surprise. Oh, is it? Ah, here we are. This is my studio.
1: Oh, it's very charming, Rico.
8: Well, shall we go in? Oh, yes.
1: Yes, of course. Oh, yes. You'd better go first, Rico. It's so dark.
8: Afraid it'll be dark, my dear? Then we shall have light. What is it?
1: Oh, those... those shrouded figures hanging from the ceiling. For a moment I thought they were... But they
8: were people hanging there? Oh, no, my dear. Merely my life-size puppets. That is all. Now. Now for the surprise.
1: Uh, Rico. Don't think me silly, but... You won't be gone long. No,
8: I am just going into the workroom.
1: This room seems so eerie, with all your puppets hanging from the ceiling. Perhaps if you turned on more light.
8: I am sorry, my dear, but there is no more light. Now, you must close your eyes. I will tell you when to open.
1: All right. You're making a great mystery of this, Rico.
8: I, I want to see your face when I bring back these surprises
1: strange that's my music my music for my dance macabre oh oh Rico I've got my eyes closed when may I see the surprise uh, well, uh, how much longer Rico Rico
7: no longer oh no so oh, Goro's oh. twisted body offends you, eh, Miss Childer? Oh. Who are you? I'm the brother of Rico, puppeteer extraordinary. Brother? Yes, Miss Childer. The handsome Rico is my brother. Or should I say the handsome Rico is my face?
1: I don't understand.
7: I am Rico's genius. My brother is without talent. I make these puppets and I make them dance. Even Rico dangles from my strings, obeys me. You... I revolt you, Miss Childer, eh? Unfortunately, my ugliness has always done that.
1: I'm so sorry, and now I... I must leave. Not
7: yet. No. I've seen you dance, Miss Childer. Your muscular control and coordination are magnificent, but... Where is Rico? But you lack imagination.
1: I'm, I'm sure you're quite right. Now, please, please let me go.
7: I will make you the greatest dancer in the world. You're hurting it. Yes. Yes, I must not hurt your arm. I must not bruise the muscles or sinews, oh, for then then you would be spoiled for my purpose. Oh, but I am strong, am I not? If I wanted to, I could crush the life from you with my hands. Oh,
1: please, please, Goro. I must go. I, I no, really must.
7: No, no, Miss Charlie. You must not go.
1: What do you want of me?
7: Some must be the puppets, and some must pull the strings. I have no choice in that matter.
1: Oh, no.
5: No!
2: Now look, Miss Lane and Cranston, I'm perfectly willing to buy a ticket for the charity review. But why do I have to go and see that stupid Punch and Judy show and be bored? Punch and Judy show? <laughs> why, Commissioner Weston, Rico is probably the greatest puppeteer in the world. And yeah, I still say it's a Punch and Judy show,
9: and I still don't like it. I'm too old for that... Kid stuff.
0: Oh, why, Commissioner. (laughs) Rico's puppets are a work of art.
9: Work of art. Well, they can stay out of my cab. They can stay out. What's
2: he talking about?
9: What did you say, Shrevy? I am thinking about a sad experience my bosom friend and companion, Big Charlie, is having one time with puppets. As fortunate as having it, he is driving a thoughtful Dog Act from here all the way to Boston in this cab he's driving. Well, what's that got to do with Rico's puppets, Shrevy? Well, up to the time of this horrible experience, he is uh, having with this now Dog act. He is liking dogs immensely. He is liking.
0: Gravy, I don't get it.
9: Big Charlie did. Right in the back of his cab, he got it. One of the dogs in the Vaudeville act is picking this time to have puppets. Oh, Shrevey. Well, it's not so funny to Big Charlie, I can tell you. Shrevy,
2: you mean puppies.
9: That's what I'm saying, Mr. Granson. Baby dogs, little puppets. Yeah,
2: little puppets. In case anyone is interested, that stoplight has changed.
9: Yes, sir, it certainly has. What?
2: Oh, golly. If we have to go to that Punch and Judy show, let's get there in time for tonight's performance.
0: Applauding now. Yeah,
2: amazing, isn't it? Ah, that man Rico does uh, uh, amazing things with those, those life-size puppets.
0: Mm, so you don't like the Punch and Judy show, eh, Commissioner?
2: Now, now spare my feelings, Miss Lane. <laughs> you know, there were times when I almost forgot that those puppets were just things of wood and wire. They seemed so so natural, so, so lifelike.
0: There's the curtain. What's the next act, Lamont?
2: Uh, I believe it's the dance macabre.
0: Dance macabre? Isn't that the number that the dancer Diane Childer has made so famous?
2: Diane Childer? Quiet, Adpo. Uh, oh, quiet, Cranston. Annoy the people. I'm sorry, Commissioner.
0: Lamont, that puppet is wonderful.
2: Yes. It's beautifully made.
0: Why, well, it looks exactly like Diane Childer, the dancer who disappeared. Oh,
2: yes. So it does. I remember reading about...
1: Diane! Ah!
0: about
2: that woman. Now, doctor, where is this woman who made the disturbance in the theater? She's in the inner office, lying down, Commissioner Weston. What seems to be wrong with her, doctor? Oh, nothing. A simple case of overwrought nerves. You see, her sister Diane Child has been missing for two or three days, and the puppet she says looked so much like her sister that. Why,
0: Lamont, I said that very thing.
2: Yes. So you did, Margot.
8: Where is this woman who
2: ruined my performance? Ah, who are you? The man asks who I am. I am Rico. Uh, Mr. Rico, the woman who, as you say, ruined your performance happens to be Diane Childer's sister. Oh, yes? I know Diane Childer very well. I am a great admirer of her dancing. Diane Childer's been missing for several days, Mr. Rico. Would you know why? Now, oh, Cranston, relax. You're making a murder case of this business. Murder? Oh, don't get upset, Mr. Rico. You'll step into the inner office with me, alone. And we'll ask Diane Child's sister a few questions. You'll forgive us, I'm sure, Cranston, Miss Lane.
0: Well, I like that.
2: So do I, Margot. Because now we can go backstage and have a look at Rico's puppets without being disturbed.
0: Backstage?
2: Margot... I have a feeling that the puppet used in the dance macabre is not a puppet.
0: Why, Lamont, Rico wouldn't have to stoop to tricks to win his public. He's the world's greatest puppeteer.
2: He'd have to be, Margot, because I believe he was making a human body dance on his puppet strings.
5: (laughs) January 4th, 1942, The Shadow on Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox. Before we get back to The Shadow, here's a word about Bill Johnstone. Bill had a number of roles. Perhaps his breakout role was the fact that he succeeded Orson Welles in 1938 as The Shadow. He would continue until 1943 portraying the character. He did a number of... uh, Theater roles as well. Uh, ben Guthrie in the radio version of the lineup, as we've heard here occasionally, and uh, many supporting roles on radio, including a supporting role in one of the Twenty Two Rifle for Christmas episodes of Dragnet, and also on TV, he was uh, he portrayed John Jacob Astor IV in the 1953 movie version of the uh, Titanic and uh, had a supporting role in the 1954 movie, Down Three Dark Streets. And he was on As the World Turns on Television from 1956 until 1978. Now more of The Shadow. January 4th, 1942, Death Pulls the Strings. <laughs>
2: Here's the stage door, Margot. Let's go in and find out exactly what our friend Mr. Rico was up to.
0: All right. Doesn't seem to be anyone around.
2: No. The stage door man must have gone around to the front of the theater to see what the commotion was. Come on. Let's go on stage. Now, this way.
0: Well, on, I've got a feeling that someone's watching us.
2: We've got to be quick about this. Rico will be coming back any minute now.
0: There's not much light on back Margo, here.
2: Margot. There's the puppeteer's bridge. That's where they stand above the stage.
0: Oh, I see. They're up above and they dangle the puppets on wires.
2: Oh, here they are. What? These shrouded figures hanging here behind the scenery are the puppets.
0: Which is the one used in the dance macabre Uh, number?
2: That's not this one. Maybe it's this one here. No.
0: Come on, suppose Rico's hidden it.
2: He hasn't had time, Margot. Oh, yes. Yes, of course. What? It's still on stage in front of the scenery.
7: I should have thought of you that. You should have thought that you have no right to be here. What? what? <laughs> Lamont! Not very pleasant to look upon, am I, miss? Now, will you please explain? Well, you see, we
2: uh, we're very much interested in the puppeteer's art, so we just thought we'd... Have a look around. Yes. Yes.
7: You're very convincing, Mr... uh... Cranston, Lamont Cranston. Uh, This is Miss Lane. They call me Goro. Rico chooses to call me his assistant.
0: Lamont, I think we'd better go.
7: Not yet. Exactly what were you
2: looking for? I would like very much to see the puppet used in the dance macabre
7: number. That is not possible. Well, it's your privilege to refuse to show it to us. Yes, that is right. And what would you think if I refused to show it to you? What I think is my privilege. Yes. (laughs) That also is true. You have heard that old saying, Mr. Cranston, curiosity once killed a cat. A cat is hard to kill. A cat has nine lives. A curious man has but one. Are you threatening me? I'm warning you.
2: Well, let's go, Margot. There are other means of seeing this
7: puppet. Meaning you will go to the police, Mr. Cranston. Take it
2: anywhere you please.
7: Come on,
0: Margot. Yes, Lamont.
7: Wait. Wait, I will show her to you. Here.
0: Lamont. It's it's
7: just a puppet made of wire and wood. What did you expect to find, Mr. Cranston? A human body? <laughs>
2: That's you, Cranston? Yes, Commissioner. What is it? Cranston, I want you and Miss Lane to come to Pier 19 on the East River immediately. But we can't, Commissioner. We're going to... I don't care where you're going. This is important. Come to Pier 19 East River. I'll be waiting for you. Okay, Commissioner. We'll be there. Well, Commissioner, I suppose you know you ruined our evening. Now, what's so important? Cranston, I want you and Miss Lane to identify a body. A
0: body? Lamont. We
2: found her floating in the river. When was the body found? About an hour ago. She's over here under this tarp Why do you ask us to identify her? Because you know her. Or rather, you know her. Okay, Cardona, pull the tarp off.
0: All right, Chief. Diane Childer.
2: Yes, Marco. Oh, Lamar. All right, Cardona, put the tarp back. Sorry to call you here for this sort of thing, but we needed your identification for the death warrant. See, we couldn't locate her sister. And you won't locate her sister, Commissioner. Why not? Because I found out that Diane Childer never had a sister. Oh, Cranston, I talked with her myself last night at the theater. That woman was an imposter. Uh-huh. Still playing detective, eh, Cranston? Still playing hard to convince, eh, Commissioner? I presume you noticed Diane Childer's hands just now. What about them? Take a good look, Commissioner. Well, Margo, I don't believe our services are needed here any longer, so... Good night, Weston. Yeah. Go home and read a mystery book. Good night.
0: Lamont, what about dying child's hands?
2: Margot, they looked as though they'd been attached to wires.
0: Wires? Then you were right about Rico using a human puppet.
2: Perhaps. But I think he holds the answer to that question. And the shadow is going to pay a call on Rico, Puppeteer Extraordinary.
8: got your money. Now what do you want?
1: Rico, I read in the papers that this Diane Childer is actually missing. So much
8: the better for Rico's publicity. Perhaps now Goro will realize that I have wit and that I am clever. What? Oh, nothing. Now Rico will be greater than ever and he will have to admit that I did it without his knowledge, that I thought of it myself.
1: Rico, listen to me. Where is this woman? What have you done with her?
8: Oh, I do not know.
1: I thought this was just a stunt for the papers, but if you... I do
8: not know where she is, I tell you. Now go.
1: All right. I'm leaving. Do you know, when I screamed last night in the theater, it was only partly an act. There was something about that puppet in the dance macabre that was lifelike, and yet... Of course.
8: I am the great Rico.
1: And yet death-like.
8: What do you say?
7: What are you blabbing about in here, you go?
1: Oh!
8: Who is this woman? What is she doing here? Oh, I can tell you now, Coro. I hired her to pose as Diane Childer's sister. So it
7: was you who concocted that stunt for the papers, you stupid, blundering fool. You, you woman, Me? get out of here.
1: Yes. Get out before I... Yes, yes, I'm going. I'm,
8: I'm going. I ought to kill you. Oh, no, no, Coro. I am your brother. I wanted to help. I thought it You would be thought. Thought.
7: Since when have I allowed you to think? Since when have I allowed you to do anything but be my face for the world? And so, Goro, you are betrayed by
2: your own brother. What?
8: Who said that? I heard a voice, Goro.
2: <laughs> it is the voice of the shadow, Rico. Where are you?
7: I can't see you. Where are you hiding in my studio?
2: The hiding place of the shadow will never be found, Goro. No man has ever seen me. I am not afraid of
7: you,
8: unseen one. What do you want? Why did you come here?
2: Rico, the puppet used in the dance macabre was not a puppet, but the body of Diane Childer. I don't
8: know. Shadow, I do not like the puppets. He does. Shut up.
2: You're a fool, my brother. Gero, you murdered Diane Childer, didn't you? I defy you to prove
5: that voice. January 4th, 1942, The Shadow. You're listening to Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox on your favorite station. These important words now. Thanks for tuning in to Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox. Now more of the Shadow. Death Pulls the String, January 4th, 1942.
2: There is no proof. The Shadow will prove it, Goro. Oh no, Shadow. Never. Other criminals have thought themselves a match for the Shadow and have paid for
7: their crimes. Not Goro. Never, Goro. We shall see.
5: We shall see. <laughs>
2: Rico's studio is just around the corner, Margot. Remember what you're to do?
0: Yes. I'm to give you five minutes. And then if you don't come out, I'm to phone Commissioner Weston and get him here quickly.
2: Right. I'd hate to wear those big hands of Goro's as a collar very long.
0: Oh, Lamont, don't joke about it. You know how strong he is.
2: All right, Margot. Everything's going to be all right. What do you want? Why am I always... I want to see Rico, Goro? Oh,
7: Yes. Yes, you are the curious man, the man who is interested in the art of puppeteering. Come in. Come in. Thank you. How fortunate that you came tonight. I want to speak with Rico. Yes? Well, I'm afraid that's impossible. I demand that you take me to him. But I have... He's here, in the studio. What? Ask him your questions if you wish, but I'm afraid he'll prove to be a rather unresponsive conversationalist. He was stupid in life. He looks even more stupid now, hanging there from the ceiling. You have killed him and strung him like a marionette. All his life he has been my puppet, indeed. Now he is, in fact, you madman. And now you are going to join him, my killing. Oh, no, friend. you don't! My hands are strong, my friend, even though my legs are weak. <laughs> Another human puppet for my collection, huh? Or somebody knocking? Ah, too bad. You'll have to wait, Mr. Cranston, while I answer the door. Come into this room till I'm ready for you. There. I am coming. I am coming.
0: What have you done with him?
7: Oh, my curious friends are all visiting me at the same time. That is good. Come in. Now, we shall have a complete cast for my puppet show tomorrow night. What do you mean? My brother Rico was going to have our puppets perform tomorrow night. Unfortunately, he won't be able to work the puppets himself because he is one of the performers. And you also, my dear.
0: Where is Lamont Cranston? Oh,
7: he's here, don't worry. And he, too, will perform with you tomorrow night. Can you dance, miss? I...
0: Let me go. It
7: doesn't matter. I can make you dance. <laughs> I can make you the greatest dancer in the world I said that to her too But after a little while She couldn't dance at all And death had made her ugly So I gave it to the cold river As I shall do with you When I'm through with you No, no, no! Uh, you Bring the police down upon me <laughs> Yes, yes Now you are much quieter now I can work. Now I can prepare my human puppets for my last great performance tomorrow night. You will never give that performance, Goro. What? Are you here, Shadow? <laughs>
2: I said I would stop you, Goro. The police will be here any second now.
7: Police? Oh, if I could get my hands on you, Shadow or not, I could crush the life out of you. That is not to be, Goro. Your days of crime are over. Not yet, Shadow. You're not strong enough to end them yourself.
9: Open this door. Open up,
2: I say. You're trapped Nagoro. The police are outside. Open up. This place is surrounded. They can't hold me. I'm too
7: strong for them. Open the door or we'll break it down. Yes, I'll open the door. And you shall see. You shall see. Now. Look out, Weston. What? Stop him. Yes. Yes, my life was begun in pain. Now it ends in pain. Now I will no longer hate those who move gracefully and beautifully, for now I, too, am free.
0: You know, Lamont, it's lucky that I didn't wait five minutes before I called Commissioner West.
2: (laughs) Yes, Margot, I owe my life to that. When you knocked on the door, distracted Garo and gave me a chance to regain consciousness and come back as the shadow.
0: You know, Commissioner Weston thinks you escaped from Rico's studio before he got there. Oh, yes. Mm. <laughs> I,
2: I wish you could have seen his face when Garo lunged at him. Oh,
0: I know just how he felt.
2: <laughs> I'll get him.
9: Shrevey, you're
2: early.
0: Yeah, I know,
9: but something must happen to Big Charles again. Something must happen. What now, Shrevey? Well, I told you about the experience he's having with the portable dog. Uh, you guy. did, Shrevey, you did. Well, what do you suppose happened this morning to him again? What do you suppose? Uh, tell her, Shrevey. A lady is getting in his cab with a big box, and she says, Rush to the hospital immediately. So Big Charlie is rushing, he's rushing. Hey, Shrevy. Wait, this is rich. She don't want to go there for herself. Hot dog, which is in the box. Yeah, she'd take the... How did you know? (laughs) I'm psychic. Go on. Well, this now dog is sick. Is this
0: one of your now long tail, Shrevy?
9: Okay, so I'll cut it short. I'll cut. Hey, (laughs) you get it? Cut it short. Cut the tail short. (laughs) You get it? Yes, we get it. Uh And so this dog is...
0: Is having puppets in Big Charlie's cab, too, he's having. Yeah,
9: yeah, little puppets. Big Charlie says that what happened to him shouldn't happen to a dog. Oh, Oh, (laughs) Shrevee.
4: The Shadow Program is based on a story copyrighted by Springfield Smith Publications. Characters' names, places, and plot are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. Today, at the start of a new year, we bring you last year's biggest crime-busting case. Proof that crime does not pay. (coughs) Louis Lepke Buckhalter, one of the most powerful racketeers in the country's criminal annals, sits in a room alone, waiting. Several miles away, two of his henchmen walk into a small candy store.
9: We got a message for you, Joe. Yeah, a message from the boss, Joe. Oh, no. No, don't do it, boys. Don't do it. You're a double-crosser, Joe.
2: Oh! oh you got
4: me wrong.
9: Back in his room, Lepke looks at his
4: watch. <laughs>
8: That's done by now. That's another one the cops will never pin on me. <laughs>
4: So sure Lepke the law never forgets November 30th 1941 in King's County Court Lepke and his two trigger men all met the same fate sentence of death in the electric chair
2: the weed of crime bears bitter fruit Crime does not pay the shadow knows <laughs>
5: January 4th, 1942, The Shadow, here on Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox. Now on Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox, another nicely restored episode of Lubb and Abner, courtesy of Ted at RadioMemories.com. This episode goes back to January 4th, 1944.
3: My granny's Abner, I believe that's our ring.
6: I know it's Lum, I believe you're right.
3: i see. Hello, Johnum Downstore. This is Lum and Abner.
4: Now, let's see what's going on down in Pine Ridge.
3: Well, Abner is still regretting his decision to withdraw from the picture show business and take over full ownership of the store. He hasn't yet been able to hire even a delivery boy, while his ex-partner Lum appears to be sailing along in great fashion as head of the Pine Ridge Theater. As we look in on the little community today, we find Abner in the Jotam Downs store and library talking on the telephone.
6: Well, you'll have to get hold of Mr. Edwards over at the picture show. No, Mom, he ain't connected with the store no more. Well, I'll tell him if I see him, but I don't reckon I'll see him no worse. No, Mom. Yeah,
3: honey, honey,
6: honey, honey. Uh, Oh, uh, just a second, Grandpa. Oh, Pep. excuse me, I never know she's talking on the phone. Uh, what's that? Oh, yes, Mom, all right. Not at all. Goodbye. Who is she talking to there, Abner? Oh, I don't know. Central girl, long distance. Some feller was butting in there talking to. Long distance? Yeah. Hey, Jiminy, that lum's getting to
3: be an important feller. Oops. Yeah, I reckon so. Yes, yeah, sir, I'm sure proud I'm working for him. Proud of it. Yeah, he says he might put me in charge of the player pioneers and all them other picture shows whenever he gets around to putting them in. Well, that's nice. Vice president in charge of player pioneers. That's what I'll be no. as. Glad to hear it. Vice President in charge of player pioneers. Uh huh. Milford Avery Spears, Vice President.
6: Grandra, if of... I heard you the first time I ain't beef for nothing. That's what I'll be no as.
3: Big job, too, Abner, believe yeah. me. Odin, Cherry Hill, Inc., Hatfield, Big Four. Oh, we are we going to have the biggest pigeon-toed string of theaters you ever heard of? I don't want to
6: hear of it, though. Uh,
3: just over at the picture show looking on my player piner there. And I believe I'll ship that and out to, over to Odin there when we get it built. Buy me a brand spanking new one for Pine Ridge. You talk like you're in partnership with long. Well, I'm vice president in
6: charge if of... If you Plinter say Fires, that one more time, Grandpap, I'm going to run you right out of this store.
3: Well, that's a big job I huh. got there. Odin, Cherry Hill, ha- what about in my pipe? Huh? I was smoking it not five minutes ago. I reckon what I could have did with that pigeon-toed thing. Well, I don't know what you done with
6: it. Was I smoking it whenever I come in here, Abner? No, no, you weren't. Or I don't believe you was anyway. I noticed you look sort of different when you come in. That must have been it. You
3: never had that pipe stuck in your face. Yeah, must have left it somewhere. Yeah. what i done. Let's see. Uh, I was over at the picture show last. Yeah, I better run over and see if I can find the picture Yeah, you better
6: there. do that. Er, wait a minute, wait a minute, Grandpap. Don't go yet. There comes Loma up out there. Well, uh,
3: I don't want to lose that pipe, though, Abner, and I don't want to be here when he comes no way. Huh? That's my good pipe. Paid 75 cents for it. Yeah, but I, I don't want to be in here alone with long,
6: Grandpa. Well, he
3: ain't going to bite you. Huh? Cedric's with him. Yeah, that'll be all right. I'll see you later. i got to get that pipe in. And all right, that... Well, window. howdy, Long. Howdy, Cedric. Now, oh, howdy, Grandpap. Where are you going in such a hurry? Uh, just going over to the picture show. Anything you want me to do over there? No, I reckon not. Well, I'll see you later, then. Howdy, Mr. Abner. Yeah, hello, Cedric. Howdy, do, Mr. Peabody.
6: Howdy, do, Mr. Eddard.
3: Here, Cedric, hold my cane and my gloves for me. Yes, ma'am. Cane, for the land's I and my secretary here just dropped around to see if there's any mail come in for me in the last couple of days. By mistake, of course.
6: No, no. were not no letters at all for you. Another bill from the wholesale house comp. Er. That's right. You ain't interested in that no more, are you? Wholesale house? Yeah.
3: What's that, something in connections with the grocery business? Huh? Cedric, my boy, recollect when I used to be in the grocery business in the old days. Yes, ma'am. It's just a couple of days ago, though. Well, I reckon man has to get a start some way or other. Mr. Peabody, are you sure I never got no mail from New York or Hollywood? No, not from nowhere. Ah. Well, I'd like to buy a cigar then, Mr. Peabody. Cigar. Are you smoking cigars now? Oh, yeah. Lots of them. Natural. Huh? You know how it is with us moving picture executives. Have to have something to soothe down our nerves. You know? Relax and all that stuff. Oh. Give me the expensivest kind you got there. Them five centers. All right. I'll get you one. No, no. In the other box there. Them uh, pan and tellers. And if you never can recollect which cigars is which. Uh, I mean, Mr. Peabody.
6: Well, maybe i will switch them around since... Well, since this store's under new management and being run right for a change...
3: Well, I wouldn't know nothing about the little old grocery business, no ways.
6: Now well, here. These are the five centers.
3: Oh. Cedric, light a match for me. Yes, one.
6: You're supposed to bite off the end of a cigar
3: before you smoke it. I know how to smoke a cigar. Now, oh. hold a match higher, Cedric.
6: Yes, one. Burn his mustache, off.
3: <laughs> <coughs> Here, Cedric. <laughs> Here, you smoke it. it. It's a defective cigar. Well, I don't smoke cigars, Mr. i Well, just throw it away, then. Don't never bother with unfair merchandise, I always say. Throw it away. Money ain't no objects to me, no way.
6: Is that a new pair of britches you got on there, Lum?
3: I don't know. That's in your business. Why?
6: Well, I just wondered if you'd bought any new ones yet. I'm feared you've outgrown them old ones of yours.
3: Come on, Cedric. We better be going. You sure there wasn't no mail for me, Mr. Peabody? I've
6: told you a thousand or a hundred times there wasn't.
3: Uh, Well, come on, Cedric.
6: Wait a minute, though. There was a telephone call for you a while ago. I forgot about that. Telephone call? Yeah. Who was it? I don't know who it was. Stranger. Said his name was uh, W.J. Taylor, I believe it was.
3: Well, more than likely he would be a stranger to you because our friends don't know one another. We run with a different bunch now. Oh, well... I'm traveling with the picture show people.
6: Yeah, well, I never know that.
3: Executives yeah. and stars and stuff like that. Yeah, well, I... What did you call his name again?
6: Taylor, W.J. Taylor, I believe he said.
3: W.J. Taylor. I Any mean, that does sound familiar. Can't place him, though. It was long distance. Must not be importance if I can't... Pl- long distance, huh?
6: Yeah, that's what they said.
3: Oh, are you sure that wasn't Robert Taylor?
6: No, it was W.J. Now, what would Robert Taylor be calling you for?
3: Well, that ain't nothing. All us pitch executives, knob-hob with one another and knob-hob with the stars. Oh. We don't think nothing about all that. You don't, huh? Are you positive that weren't old Bob calling me?
6: No, it weren't old Bob. It was old W.J.
3: Ah. Well, them could be his initials, you know.
6: I don't know nothing about it. I'm just going by what the man said and what I heard him tell the operators.
3: Must be his brother then, I believe.
6: Yeah, it might be. Or if it is, his brother lives in the county seat, though.
3: Oh, is that all the feather the call was from?
6: That's what they said it was the county
3: seat. Oh, well, must not be much importance then. Make a note of that, Cedric. Yes, Mom, I'm writing it down here. I can't spell it. Huh. Don't make no difference. I'll know what it is. Uh, A feller like me can't waste no time on little calls like that. He can, not huh? I might give him a ring, though, just to see what the boy wants. That name does sound familiar. Mind if I use your telephone, Mr. Peabody? Why, no,
6: no. Go right ahead. Help yourself. Of course, I reckon you better put your gloves on, though, so your hands won't get dirty using a phone in a little old country store this way.
3: Well, now, that ain't a bad idea now that you mention it.
6: I wouldn't want to soil them lily-white hands of yours.
3: Cedric, my boy, my gloves. Oh, yes, Mom, here. Where are catchers, miss? You never had them on, did you? No, Mom, I was just holding them here. Well, that's all right. (laughs) Just give me the left one. That's all I need. Er, uh, wait, though. I'll need the right two to crank the phone with. Yeah. Predile- yep. predile- here, can I help Yeah, I just slipped my hand right here. That's Look it. that. Huh. Get no germs over this telephone. Can't hanging over that
6: arm. He'd trip himself, break a leg, what he's gonna do.
3: Hello, Mamie. This is L. Edwards. Hello? Yeah, oh, I'm fine. Who? Oh, you must mean Mr. Peabody. Oh, I reckon he's feeling all right. I don't know, and I don't care. Oh, yeah. Listen, Mamie, I understand there was a call for me from the county seat, W.J. Taylor. i
6: knowed he's come over here. i went home and let Elizabeth
3: press an overhaul. Well, see if you can get hold of him for me. Put a crease down. Why, he just ain't here. And he's over yeah, there. I'll wait. So you say the grocery business is pretty good these days, huh? No, oh, it's fine.
6: It's got a fella at the head of it now that knows what he's doing. That helps uh-huh. some, I reckon.
3: Well, I don't reckon it takes much brains to run a small place like...
6: Hello? What's that, Mamie? No, it don't take many, but... That's more He'll be than back in a day. few minutes. A
3: few no, minutes. I won't wait. My time's too valuable. Oh, no, yeah. Yeah, will tell him that. Much obliged, Mamie. Cedric, if anybody else wants to see me, tell me they... Tell them they got to make a pint man first.
6: Mom, I'm getting sick of all this. I can't stand it. Why, why don't you act like yourself? This John up partners again here... I just can't stand being unsolved this way. Take me back in the picture show with you, and I'll let well, you back Well, wait,
3: in. Abner, wait. I'm mean, recollect I asked you to come in with me when I started to enlarge the picture show, but you wouldn't do it.
6: Well, you wanted to sell the store, though. All
3: right, you wanted the store. So now you got it all by yourself. It's a nice business. Gives you a chance to run it your own way.
6: Well, yeah, long. But... I've
3: got my own ideas how I want to run the picture show, and if I let you back in, there you'd be giving me ideas. So I figured we better just let well enough alone.
6: You mean then that we're on all for good?
3: Yeah, I'm afraid it looks that way. Now, we made a legal deal, so now we got to stick by it. Ain't no other way to look at it.
6: Well, yeah. the well, you
3: touched but... a ring?
6: Huh? I do, I believe it's Take down the receiver there, Abner. Hurry. Yeah, 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 ha- hello Hello? <laughs> I mean, where's the far at? Huh? Oh, my goodness, Lum, it's a picture show.
3: The picture? The whole show.
6: thing's on fire. Come on, we better get over there.
3: Yeah, Granny, come on. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Oh, my goodness. What is it, Lon? I just recollected who that W.J. Taylor was. Huh? He's a fella that's been trying to sell me some fire insurance.
5: Too Little Too Late... April 4th, 1944, Lum and Abner here on Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox. That episode fully restored by Ted at RadioMemories.com. Also, visit our webpage, classicradio.stream. You can stream our shows on demand. Learn about building a classic radio collection of your own. You can contact me. You can find our social media links there. And if you'd like to support our program, you can buy me a coffee. That buy me a coffee money goes for us to acquire additional great classic radio programs. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you'll thank this station to support their advertisers. And as always, tell your friends the great radio shows are right here at this spot on the dial. Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox on your favorite radio station.